0: Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all of metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier Go to preppedreadymeals.com. Use code binge ten at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E 10 uh, uh, for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals, everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out, support them again, one more time at binge ten at checkout, preppedreadymeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, rebelboudoirstudio.com. Mention us in your inquiry to get that discount. It's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. And now, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Uh, episode 154 of the binge boys i'm your host logan of course joined by other host matt what's
1: going on logan How was your monday
0: what up my dude uh it's a fine fine day if the uh, glass behind me shatters while we're mid recording it's because the wind is going absolutely bananas outside <laughs> it is it is really windy out there man um it's like beating up against the window I'm not sure if it it could be picked up it might not be picked up luckily but it's loud.
1: Yeah. Well, just stay safe. That's all I just need you to be safe.
0: Okay, thanks Matt. Um, before we get into of course, I need you to do three things for me everybody. Number one, go follow us on Instagram, Binge boys Podcast. It's where you get the updates, the news, all of the above uh in uh in companion to the podcast. Number two, I need you to rate on iTunes. Give us five stars, write a review. It's simple, uh, and number three, I want you to enjoy. I just want you to to kick back and enjoy the newest in uh, in entertainment news and reviews. Uh, just and maybe a fourth thing. Fourth thing, tell tell somebody in need about this show. You know, everyone's always out there asking, uh, like, what's next to watch or what do I need to watch? What have you watched lately? Why not throw on the Binge Boys? So we can tell them what they should watch or what they shouldn't watch.
1: Yep. Whether it's a, an in-person or virtual event, holiday events will be
0: happening. Got
1: to exactly. make small talk somehow.
0: Exactly. You, you know that awkward talk with the uncle you haven't seen in five years is going to start with, so what you been watching on Netflix lately? And luckily, if your uncle's cool, he'll be like, well, actually, I haven't watched anything on Netflix, but I've been listening to the Bin Boys <laughs> podcast. That's, that's what you need to do. We're tell the number one podcast need.
1: with uncles. I, exactly. I looked at the data.
0: Yeah, we're, we're huge on uncles. Uh, big uncle podcast here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, tell somebody in need. So those four things. Please and thank you. Before we get into things also today, I wanted to make a quick note. I saw this this morning. I checked the actual data. What? And um, <clears throat> we crossed 10,000 downloads today. Whoa. uh ever since the beginning when the show was called called hold on to your butts for some of the people who remember that um uh yeah we we hit ten thousand downloads today and uh i'll be the first to say that i'm extremely grateful for anybody who's listened or supported or rated or reviewed or shared or or any of that it's a it's kind of it's really sentimental to me I, it was the first kind of risk i took like starting this show and kind of Just going out and kind of pursuing something that I truly love, and for it to hit its ten thousandth download today, I uh, it it could have been a shitty Monday, but that made it a little better. So thanks everybody that's that's listened and supported. And here's here's to the next ten thousand. Yep. Cool. Um, Well then, cool. We'll get into a few news stories and then we'll talk about a few entertainment pieces, and then we'll talk about our top ten favorite Christmas tunes, and we'll get out of here. We'll start out with the Oscars for 2021 will be an in-person ceremony. Uh, The Motion Picture Academy is currently exploring how an in-person Oscar ceremony could work next spring. Uh, The Academy has, um, before this news, moved back its telecast two months to April 25th 2021 originally supposed to be in february and sources inside the oscars say that by pushing the ceremony back the academy hopes that theaters will be open again thus allowing more movies to compete in the uh, celebration of the year's best films Um, but even if movie theaters stay closed closed holding the oscars later in the spring organizers are looking at how the event can continue um uh, there are still questions as to how many people will be allowed the 3,400 seat Dolby Theater in LA, where the uh, where the ceremony takes place. Matt, are you uh, are you surprised at this?
1: I'm pretty surprised it's even being considered, especially just with the um, Hollywood types, if you will. You always hear about the you know sort of a liberal bias of Hollywood, and that's the people that are you know on the side of progressing at more cautious. And also the, the Academy is very old, just like the people who actually vote. I know they're not usually the ones as an attendance at it, but I feel like they at least have the tickets to give away. Yeah. So I just like, I don't know. I think that that's kind of weird. I agree with moving the deadline. I think that that's smart, but I also think that maybe changing up, you know, what's allowed to be considered for an Oscar is just as, smart of an idea
0: sure sure yeah i'm i'm surprised but and i wouldn't be surprised if they come forward in a few months and say actually it's going to be all virtual it's not safe or blah 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 um uh, especially because of a story that we we're going to cover here in a in a few minutes Uh, i don't know if theaters will be open um but uh but for now uh sony's uh sony's making a solid snake movie. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, that is, popular f- PlayStation franchise. And uh, Oscar Isaac uh, is set to play Solid Snake, uh, which is in development by Sony Pictures with Jordan Vogt-Roberts on board to direct. The film is based on the Metal Gear Solid video game franchise created by Hideo Kojima and produced by Konami. Um, yeah. Yeah it's uh it's kind of cool
1: yeah like i was you know he's like definitely one of those people who i know who he is but i always just have to take a double look at his uh imdb and my most when i heard this story i pulled it up i was like yeah he looks like solid snake like (laughs) kind of gruff
0: yeah kind of rough kind of groggy looking um i like that this dude's getting more and more roles ever since he was in uh the force awakens um because he's a pretty good actor and sure. uh i uh yeah I'm, I'm I'm excited did you ever play these games matt were you a big metal gear solid kid or or you have you uh or have you never really played i've never personally never really played them
1: i think one of my buddies because i i was a nintendo boy growing up so i didn't have the playstation but one my buddy that did i think he had like the first or second one um and i think i played like a little bit but a game like that yeah i feel like you kind of need the the full experience to really weigh in on sure. um and then yeah when i got the later playstations i never didn't since it was they were on like an en- uh entry number four or five by the time i uh i never got around to it but he was fun to play as in smash brothers so
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so so that's cool yeah we'll have to see more information um it kind of got me thinking i wonder if they're gonna do like a i doubt it but like a kind of sony making a lot of their properties in the movies i'd be i'd be curious to see if they do like a god of war movie or something
1: oh that would okay we're we're done here we're, if they're <laughs> making that yeah if they're making that we need these theaters back open
0: yeah i'm not i'm not watching the god of war uh <laughs> the uh, god of war movie at home I'm, I'm watching that on the biggest screen i can find
1: yep yep I'm, I'm renting the theater to go back to a story from a little while ago.
0: Yeah, yeah we're going to go and rent out the theater. Um, <laughs> speaking of theaters, we'll transition right into this. Um, this is something that we uh, actually questioned, I think, last week when, um, Wonder, or when Warner Brothers announced that Wonder Woman uh, is going to be streaming on Christmas Day as well as be put in the theaters. Uh, Warner Brothers kind of just dropped the bomb and and said like you know what every single movie that we're putting into theaters uh in 2021 we're gonna throw on hbo max the same day um which is pretty monumental yeah um that's that's a lot of movies folks let me let me just run through the list here the official list that means that the suicide squad the matrix four dune godzilla versus kong space jam 2 little things judas and the black messiah tom and jerry moral combat those who wish me dead the conjuring three in the heights reminiscence M- malignant uh the many saints of newark king richard and cry machio are all going to <laughs> hbo max the day that they're supposed to come out in theaters uh okay so this is all films from warner brothers will be released simultaneously in theaters and on hbo max where they will be available on the streaming service for 31 days so you've got okay so you've got to watch the movie once it releases which i think is plenty of time yeah in your
1: to you know sit down just in front of the couch just that's all you need to do yeah definitely
0: um so so yeah the uh the hollywood reporter is reporting that the decision was not made in conjunction with movie theater owners uh that are closing many theaters are holding on the skin of their teeth borrowing large sums of money or raising capital by selling off stocks um uh, chair of chair and ceo of warner media studio studios uh Ann Sarnoff says, quote, we're living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions, including this new initiative for the Warner Brothers Picture Group. No one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know that new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this with the reality. That means most theaters in the U.S. will likely operate at reduced capacity through 2021. This being said. Before I ask you for your take, Matt, because I know that we all saw this coming, probably, <laughs> uh, a new breaking news story happened just a few hours ago that says the film studio Legendary is quite possibly going to be taking Warner Brothers to court over this uh... decision because of their two movies, Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, they don't believe that those should be experienced on a small screen. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it seems like Warner Brothers did not negotiate beforehand on films that were co-financed like Dune and Godzilla. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly only told Legendary about its move only 30 minutes before the news went public.
1: That's tough. Um, You want a little bit more warning than that?
0: Yeah. So Legendary and its other financial partners apparently financed as much as 75% of the production cost for Dune and Godzilla. Mm. Uh, while these two films will be released theaters intentionally uh, the decision to offer the films on hbo max at the same time will undoubtedly hurt their box office potential uh if uh do you think matt that if hbo max sees a surge in subscribers that warner brothers will share profits with these studios
1: uh i'm not thinking so it's the right thing to do uh especially given the you know three quarters financing of the property that they're benefiting 100 from uh yeah i didn't realize that would happen i definitely feel like um all these movies are different and i just don't know enough about the the ownership of them to know what the uh what moves like this like how how they're able to do that um i just thought that they owned all the property to it but I mean, I guess it could still be funded by someone else, but they could, you know, could own all the distribution rights or whatever, and can do with it what they will.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm quite surprised. Are you surprised at this move that the that the movies are going up, or is this something that we've been, you know, similar to the Spider Man and similar to the Wonder Woman stories that we've been just covering for weeks and weeks and weeks? Mm-hmm. Is this something that you definitely saw coming?
1: So I. I didn't know if I saw like this exact form coming. I figured there'd sort of be a few different strategies by the different, you know, massive media conglomerates that make it up. So this, I feel like this model is probably friendliest and easiest on the consumer. Um, So I think it'll benefit from that. And like a lot of these movies are pretty good, like pretty high quality and pretty anticipated. Um, especially the ones that are part of franchises like Godzilla versus Kong or the conjuring, um or their you know new thing, well, new ish things like dune and uh, and in the heights. Um, so I definitely think that they'll get some people to sign up for HBO Max and then either keep doing it volitionally or forget to cancel it, and <laughs> they'll make money off of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm okay with it. Uh, there's definitely some movies on there that'd be better in theaters, but just given how everything is like, I'm just happy for, for new stuff to be, be coming to me in a way that's easy. What are you thinking? Are you, are you bummed that, uh, this is looking like a bit of curtains for the movies or the movie theater? I should say.
0: I might go as far to say that some of these movies, I might venture to see it in the theater. If the, if the theater is open, um, and depending on like, you know, certain like if we go back into another lockdown or something like, obviously, I won't break those rules. I'll just watch them at home. But on a movie like Godzilla versus Kong, I feel like I want to see in the theater. But however, a movie like Tom and Jerry, I could definitely just watch that at home. You know, like, yeah, I I, I feel more obligated to help the studio. Um, and support the movie when it's a movie like wonder woman or dune or godzilla when it's like a big big production yeah. but movies like uh in the heights or some of those dramas that they have lined up for the year like i i think watching them at home is is just just fine yep. but, but yeah, yeah i agree like if this had happened a year ago there's no way in hell that i would want to see avengers endgame at home like i would want to go to a theater and experience that
1: 100%. Yeah. And I think you sort of hit on something of wanting to support the studio. Um, I definitely agree, but I also think that given this kind of power and obviously ongoing COVID, I just feel like both the studio model and just this all these levels of ownership and then theaters need to innovate. I feel like the system's been the same for you know what there's theaters that are basically unchanged since like the 1930s. So I feel like that's a business model that definitely could evolve and something new could be um, figured out. And this is kind of the, the way we see what the next thing is and whoever can figure out, you know, a way where people will not get sick and feel comfortable and just get the best viewing experience. They're going to be the big winner. Um, And I'm just sort of excited to see what, what that is because you know, AMC and whoever has a huge interest in making sure people go to the movies, and clearly now the distributor and the studio do as well. Um, you've been or they just need to work together on the the plan and not just give each other a half hour notice.
0: Yeah, that seems pretty kind of shitty. Um, it it almost comes off like Warner Brothers knew that Legendary would be pissed, and they were like, "Let's only give them thirty minutes, uh, so they don't have time to fight this." Um, I don't know. It it also just says as a note that this is not a going forward decision. This is just a 2021 decision. So if at the end of 2021 things are back to normal, then yeah, we'll go back to the old way of doing things. Um, But as of right now, 2021 is looking like uh, a HBO Max at home type of year. Matt, quick question and then we'll move on. But do you think this move is going to push Disney in that direction as well. So I think Disney probably has a little bit more of a chokehold on
1: the supply chain of movies like the studios and distribution and stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of wait and see how the numbers come back for the first big release on this system do, or they're using Soul on Christmas as their test case True. to see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney's big enough that they could probably have like two different strategies, like one for all animated slash family movies, and then one for, you know, everything else, Marvel and Star Wars and stuff. So, yeah, I'm not sure. What about you? What do you think Disney will do?
0: I don't know. I think it's very on the fence. I think yep. that they could announce a plan. I also don't want them to announce a plan that says, yeah, we're going to put all of our movies on the service You're still going to have to pay the extra money to see them. Maybe if they do it, maybe Mulan was their test dummy because Mm -hmm. think about it. Think of how many people don't want to pay the, the $30. Do you think, would you be, I know nobody wants to pay a fee on top of a subscription, but would you be more likely to, to watch these movies at home with a fee? If the fee was like $10 per household Oh, yeah. If it was something like that was actually
1: a deal over going into the theater, um, because I'm still going to, like, you know, if it's a big movie, I'm still going to, like, want to get, like, all my food and stuff, like, all set. So it's going to be, like... quite as much uh concession cost but yeah 30 dollars for a household uh viewing of mulan was a bit much so i would definitely if or if they had like you know for an extra couple bucks a month you would get like hbo max premiere or whatever sure. and you get to watch like new movies probably i am probably splurge drop that two extra bucks
0: for that yeah yeah i think so i mean i i think that's fair so mm-hmm. i guess we'll we'll just have to see yep um i'll let you sit i'll let you sit back for a split second uh cool. and i'll just quickly uh unfortunately mitch didn't make it tonight work got in his way which is okay again shit happens and we understand it mitch so don't feel bad uh the mandalorian dropped its next episode of the season uh se- or episode six and it was titled uh the tragedy which uh, at the beginning of the episode i was like hmm the tragedy something horrible is going to happen in this episode and I'm not going to like it. And I'll tell you what, that, that did happen. However, this episode was fucking phenomenal again. Um, I think it was Mitch that said something about last week about how he thought that he heard some like a producer or someone say that these next few episodes of the season are absolutely balls to the walls and bananas. Uh, he, he was right. Um, Full spoilers ahead. I'm just going to give a quick rundown since Mitch isn't here to go back and forth with me. I'm just going to quickly kind of give a, a, a premise about what happened. So essentially, uh, Mandal- Mando and Baby Yoda are continu- continuing their quest to find the the, the, the home uh, or the final resting place for Baby Yoda or Gragu now that we know his name. Um, and essentially, we do find it. However, Boba Fett also comes into contact with them and finds them as well. And Boba Fett uh, is a badass. Um, he doesn't have his armor, but Mandalorian uh, Mando has his armor um, from the earlier episode in the series. And Boba comes out with like a bow staff and just beats the shit out of like 30 stormtroopers, which was quite incredible. And then at one point Boba or yeah, Boba Fett spots his armor for at, in Mando's ship. And like, there's this amazing slow-mo scene of just Boba Fett turning the corner in his outfit um, straight from Return of the Jedi, just walking in slow motion. He's firing missiles out of his knees, out of his arms. He's using his rocket launcher jetpack thing to blow up ships. It's just this amazing presentation, kind of like the return of Boba Fett um meanwhile baby yoda is like sitting atop this force relic mountain or whatever and he's literally levitating or not levitating he's like uh what do you call it matt when you're uh meditating you're meditating (laughs) close Uh, he it looks like he's meditating and there's like this force field of like force energy surrounding him and the mountain is shaking um and he's doing all that business and he gets kidnapped by the dark troopers uh which work for uh, moff gideon the villain of the show um and they they take him they take him to the ship and boba fett says i'm gonna help you go find him and so now it's mandalorian and boba fett teaming up uh to go rescue baby yoda from moff gideon and you get a sweet um, little scene of Baby Yoda like being interrogated by two stormtroopers and Baby Yoda is just force pushing them across the room he's like picking them up he's slamming them into each other it's hilarious Um, of course we get an awesome dark saber shot where Moff Gideon teases Baby Yoda and says I know you want this and he ignites the dark saber and it's impressive and Baby Yoda like reaches out he's like I want it and then they set to stun and they stun baby yoda and now i'm pissed Hmm. um exactly so yeah (laughs) that's a really quick rundown i mean uh i wish mitch was here to go back and forth with me about it uh but it was a really impressive episode very well directed um they're really coming to a rapid conclusion here got two more weeks this this week and next week and that's it for mandalorian season two um so i i am really interested in how they wrap this season up I can't wait to see what's next, and uh, I'll leave that at that. And I'll move on again to uh, another Matless segment. Your Sorry, favorite, Matt. you're good. Uh, and we'll talk very briefly, also, because um, this this is a big discussion and you, about the Euphoria special episode. Um, I actually might just not talk about it. Just save it. Just, just save it. At, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna cool. not talk about it. Take it off the rundown completely and just wait for Mitch because because uh, um, it, it's it's really a, a discussion that me and him have to have back and forth about it. So you know what, Mitch, um, I know you're probably fist pumping uh, because you really wanted to talk about it. We'll wait till next week and talk about the Euphoria special. There's
1: gonna be a second part as well, though, right? So that's, there
0: is actually. I was yeah. I was actually just going to say that um, HBO announced the. The premiere date for the second episode, which premieres Sunday, January 24th. So, um, we could just wait and discuss both of them at the same time. Um, That's or a long we can time do- to wait. It is so we could, we, <laughs> you know, what? Yeah, next week we will, we will tackle both, or I'm sorry, we will tackle the first part of the episode. Um, so yeah, sorry for the teaser, but uh, <laughs> But we're going to just go straight on to Super Intelligence. Yep. Uh, HBO Max original film. Uh, a little bit of information about this film before we get into it. It uh, premiered on HBO Max. Um, it's uh, apparently it's rated PG according to IMDb. Kind of surprised about that. I'm not sure if that's 100% true. It's an hour and 46 minutes. It's a comedy romantic. Or, It's a um, (laughs) rom-com, and it released just uh, a couple weekends ago, Thanksgiving weekend, November 26th, and um, the synopsis reads off as, when an all-powerful superintelligence chooses to study average person Carol Peters, the fate of the world hangs in the balance as the AI decides to enslave, save, or destroy humanity. It's up to Carol to prove to the AI that humans are worth saving carol is played by melissa mccarthy also this movie stars bobby Cannavale, Cannavale, whatever sure uh brooklyn dude uh <laughs> and james corden uh but um yeah uh, also brian tyree henry uh ben falcone which is melissa mccarthy's husband in real life mm-hmm. um so yeah we we get this movie um Maybe I should have known from the poster that it's literally just a giant heart uh, behind the two main characters, but I did not think this was going to be a rom com. Am I? Did that take you by surprise, there, Matt?
1: Yeah, it did. Just from like reading about it, um, even just that quick, quick blurb you gave, it sounds like it's going to be, you know, not like an action movie necessarily, but at least like some kind of drama where mccarthy's there has to you know outsmart the ai or, or something like that but yeah that's that's actually one of my issues with the movie i only gave it a, a two out of five um partly because i felt like there were like three or four different movies like hidden in this one there was like the rom-com stuff there was just the straight like melissa mccarthy james corden buddy comedy there was like the the military stuff that didn't really like fit in and it was just brian tyree henry messed around with uh, a gene smart who it took me the whole movie to realize she was uh from watchmen the yeah. silk specter i thought both of them crushed their roles but yeah just it, it just felt like a little bit disjointed and it couldn't really in my mind it wasn't really striking like a smooth like tonal arc it just kind of seemed to jump around a lot in terms of what it was trying to do but to answer your first question yeah i was surprised it was as rom-com as it was
0: yeah i'm gonna go ahead and revoke my rating and resend it in my group chat with my revised score because i watched it with Catherine and she kind of talked me into why it should be rated higher than what i wanted to rate it and i think it's bullshit now that you say it out loud because i matt one billion percent agree with you Um, I think that this movie wanted to be four other movies. Yeah. Like you said, it wanted to be a rom-com. It also wanted to be like a sci-fi thriller. It wanted to be a buddy comedy. Um, but they were like, why don't we just throw them all together? And there was aspects of the movie I liked. Like I did enjoy some of the back and forth between the AI and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Um, however, like some of the supporting cast, I just... Felt like they were underutilized, like Brian Tyree Henry specifically. He's a really good actor. He's the guy in the show Atlanta. Yep. He's also in Joker for a split second. Um, I I don't know. I I I felt like I I definitely laughed out loud at a few scenes in the beginning when she kind of first met the AI. But over the course of the movie, I kind of started to care less and less about the plot. Like I didn't see the whole spoilers ahead but you probably don't care this is a dumb rom-com <laughs> um like the the fact that they get like the u.s government and the military involved with this like doomsday level threat that to be honest didn't feel threatening while watching the movie yeah the stakes were off on, yes. on that part correct that's that's the perfect way to say it. the stakes were not uh threatening i suppose um uh, I, I just I, I don't know. Like it, Melissa McCarthy has kind of a hit or a miss um whatchamacallit? Uh reputation with me. Mm-hmm. She kind of has movies where she just absolutely is like bum fuck funny. Like she just kills it. But then there's some movies like this one where uh I, I just don't I don't I just don't see the hype. I I, I just don't care for it.
1: Yeah, I think so she does a lot of really good, like physical comedy, Um, like the way she talks as well. And that's really hard to do when it's like just her doing ridiculous things with the voice of James Corden in the background. And there's not another actor there that whose energy she can um, play off as well. Um, Because I feel like that that's the majority of her comedic scenes is her interacting with the, with the artificial intelligence. Um, And she, you know, every you know different movie we've talked about this like is fine like any of these movies are going to be like okay but to just sort of throw them all together is a little rough
0: yeah i would have rather enjoyed just a maybe even just a raunchy comedy of melissa mccarthy and the ai james Corden, like him making her do stupid shit around town I think what they realized and I kind of drew conclusions to this early in the movie. I was like this reminds me of that movie with Joaquin Phoenix where he's in love with like the robot. Uh I didn't
1: quite pick up on that, but I I can definitely see where you're coming from.
0: I, I just not necessarily like in tone or anything, but just like the concept of a person being best friends with a artificial intelligence. Like Yeah. I, I was like, this This is like that Joaquin Phoenix movie mixed with a rom-com, mixed, again, with the five different movies that this movie wants to be. Um, I don't think it's a waste of time. However, I think the first 20 minutes of the movie are better than the entire movie itself.
1: The uh, only other scene I think that steals it is when Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, <laughs> makes an appearance. If you're a 90s sports fan, you will you will love to see him
0: just random stuff like (laughs) there's a weird sports aspect of this movie too that just like what do we this movie just feels all over the place um yeah kind of a mess kind of like a, a writing room nightmare almost yeah it was hard
1: so i couldn't tell if it was like a writing room nightmare or if like they just ran out of money while filming and just had to like basically get the minutes up uh, on get enough like good scenes to fill the runtime you yeah, didn't I, quite have like the in between to sort of give us the smooth transitions between the different sort of things.
0: no I completely agree I just kind of found it kind of a jumbled mess um i I, I think uh I, I think it's just it's just a weird situation and I really wanted to like it more. Um, especially because like until obviously until 2021 we're given very limited options on what movies we want to review um and kind of discuss as a group but uh this unfortunately along with let me just say along with a few other hbo max originals <laughs> hbo max's original films thus far have not been delivering it, in my opinion mm-hmm. um i think it's not controversial to say that hbo um specializes in amazing documentaries and amazing tv shows but their movies are just
1: just okay i feel like this is kind of like a good example of yeah they have passable yeah the talent is there the budget was probably
0: decent but the pieces just don't come together correct and so that's why matt gave this a two out of five and i'm giving it a three out of five just because i did chuckle quite a bit and i want to give the actors a benefit of the doubt i think they did good with what they were given especially james corden he kind of went in all all in on it um
1: yeah and that's probably closer to why i gave it a two out of five i am not personally a big fan of james corden
0: Oh, no, neither am I. I don't want to give that impression at all. James. Oh, okay. okay. (laughs) No, I'm not a big James Corden guy. James Corden's kind of a. I don't know. I kind of see him like the, the D list late night host. Like, oh, if that high, like the only thing that this man has going for him is carpool karaoke. And and that's even that was something that was so funny, like the first five episodes of it. But it's like, all right, dude come up with something different we're 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 tired of this yeah like i feel like his whole thing
1: is like i am just yelling and i am being (laughs) funny i am being
0: funny i
1: am stating a fact while yelling
0: (laughs) he is the yeller. that's funny um all right well, well we'll close this episode out with our our top 10 favorite christmas tunes i don't really see there being a lot of discussion uh in this just because it's uh, unless we have specific reasons why these songs are on our lists. Um, but we'll probably just go back and forth Sure, a lot on this. So, uh, yeah, I'll start it off as always. Um, let me pull my list up. This was kind of hard. It was hard. Um, I I didn't predict it being this difficult. I, I just, I don't know. It, it Weird. Um, my number 10 is going to get me hate from a lot of people. Uh, my number 10 isn't really a classic Christmas tune. It's a holiday tune that came out this year and it's by a notable country band florida georgia line (laughs) and the song is called lit this year in the whole song they talk about how their family's getting drunk at the holidays and the the tagline is the christmas tree ain't the only thing getting lit this year (laughs) all right that's you you should see true matt's disappointing look
1: <laughs> i'm not like disappointed i just feel like that that's like a uh one of those tipsy elf sweaters from like 2013 made into yeah. a
0: song. <laughs> totally 100 like yep. i i am in full they have like a lot of references towards christmas vacation and that's kind of like i was like okay so these guys like right. christmas vacation um they had a line saying like cousin eddie's in from denver and he brought some homegrown mistletoe and i was like ah they're talking about smoking pot in a Christmas All right.
1: song. <laughs> All right.
0: I'm Lovely. I'm shaking my head, but I'm saying I'll give it a listen. Give it a listen. You will text me and you'll be like, I hate you for putting this on your list. <laughs> Go ahead with your number 10.
1: All right. Uh this might be a bit sacrilege to put this guy right after um right after Florida Georgia line, but my number 10 is uh John Lennon's Happy Xmas. I oh, okay. guess that's how you pronounce it. Just, I don't know. You'll you'll find a theme that I'm a fan of a good melancholy Christmas song. I feel okay. like just in like listening to the radio or regular Christmas music, it's just also sugary sweet. Like sometimes you just have to have something to cut that a little bit and it's still kind of like a positive message and stuff, but just delivered in a uh, less, uh, less saccharine package. So yeah, from a Beatle, number 10, John Lennon. What's your number nine?
0: My number 9 is a I don't know if it's a Christmas song but it was on a Christmas like music album uh by Pentatonix actually the uh the uh a cappella group yep. uh hallelujah their their rendition of hallelujah is just chilling um uh just amazing the way they sing hallelujah yeah. i i highly suggest Or recommend uh going to check out that rendition of the song so yeah what's what's your number nine
1: (laughs) that whole pentatonix album is great um stay tuned my number nine is uh little saint nick by the beach boys just (laughs) okay just another oldie sort of classic uh i know i just railed against songs that are too sugary sweet and this thing is basically just just a big cup of sugar right in your face but I don't know, just something about the the sort of Beach Boys sound at Christmas time. Um I feel like this is on every kind of like classic Christmas song compilation. Um so yeah, it's just always it's always I'm always in the mood to hear it. So that's my number 9, Little Saint Nick. What's your number 8?
0: Uh number 8 for me is uh Christmas Time Is Here by Vince Giordani Trio. He's the guy who does the song from the Charlie Brown Christmas, the Christmas time. Yep. um i don't know I, that it's kind of a very relaxing like background like throw it on if you're sitting in front of the christmas tree with like a hot chocolate or something like very uh christmasy feel and i uh, very very chi- very calm um relaxing tune so go ahead with your uh, number eight
1: Yep. Uh, My number eight, uh, from one old school boy band to one less old school boy band, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. Um, Christmas (laughs) is pretty much all about nostalgia, and I feel like every elementary school uh, Christmas party or holiday party, typically, was uh, scored with this song. So just thinking about this and playing some good Good classroom games with the old squad. Just very, very nostalgic for me. And it's just always really a beat and just, just makes me think of just young Justin Timberlake and how much we had left to enjoy of, of that man's career ahead <laughs> in that, those days. So uh, that's uh, my number eight. What's your number seven, Logan? Uh,
0: another movie hit, uh, Meli Maliki Maka uh, by Bing Crosby and the Andrew Sisters from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Uh, the scene where he is daydreaming about having a pool in his backyard. The mele meleke Just, just, a. I, I don't even know if it's a Christmas music. I don't even know what the lyrics say. Yeah. like It's a, it's it, a, it's like, that's Hawaiian for Merry Christmas. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Well, there you go. Now look how stupid I am. Um. Uh. Yeah. I just love that movie. And I, I've, I always just bought my head when um the song comes on. So yeah, I, uh, I enjoy myself. Um, that song go ahead with your number seven
1: my number seven i believe is the first uh well i guess hallelujah is a bit of like a hymn but oh come all ye faithful oh know. okay just i i put any version it's just kind of like a good like upbeat one it was always so i grew up in the church it was always a, a fun one to sing there on christmas eve service so i really have no other good reason than just i kind of like it and that's enough to crack uh, number seven, I guess. So what's rounding out your bottom five, Logan
0: Rounding out my bottom five is, uh, the classic jingle bell rock by Bobby Helms, uh, absolute oldie, but, um, there's nobody that's not bopping their head just a little (laughs) bit when this song comes on. Uh, and that's, and that's exactly my reasoning for it. Cracking my, uh, my bottom half. What's is your rounding out? What's rounding out your bottom half? (laughs) Mine is by the pentatonics version, okay. but it's of Dance
1: of the Sugar Plum Fairies. So it's the oh, Yeah, okay. I'm crushing okay. it. Um You're crushing it, so, man. Yeah, yeah. So that um already just like pure orchestral song done in kind of like a uh um you know beatbox and acapella cappella style is just very, very cool. And I think it's um like putting just the straight orchestral version on a Christmas playlist is definitely like a good move but it definitely like sort of kills the the vibe and it, they're always just like a little bit too long but this is like upbeat and just a cool way to sort of incorporate um a little bit different sound into the into the mix so yeah that's my number six what's your number five
0: number five is the also the very very maybe even older than jingo Bell rock. Rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, that song absolutely goes. Yep. Like, there's no other explanation needed. That song just slaps beyond belief. Go ahead with your number five. Yep. Uh, my number five is Moa Kaliki hey. but
1: the version by Casey Musgraves, because I'm surprised we didn't talk about this. I didn't uh, know this was a thing. Yeah, she has, like, multiple Christmas albums. Oh,
0: I'm checking that out right now.
1: Yep. she has several originals that I wanted to put on the list but I it, just too too much nostalgia t- with tied up with other things but yeah so she is my um, number one listen to artist from 2019 and now 2020 as well wow, so really there's a lot about me as a person so I couldn't leave her off and I like her uh just her voice combined with this song and the the slide guitar that they work in there it's just really really cool so that's my number five just a little bit of Casey Musgraves talk what's your number four Logan I
0: didn't know that was a thing and I'm really excited to check it out after we're done I'll listen to it on my way to work tomorrow yeah you'll dig it um because I love me some Casey Musgraves too saw her live way back in the day when she was opening for Kenny Chesney she was not much of a uh, an artist back then nobody knew her name really Mm -hmm. um and now she's this global megastar so love that for her and me
1: yeah i saw her on the uh tour with golden hour my girlfriend shouts to rachel got me tickets for christmas wow shouts to rachel she crushed it
0: crushes it um my number four (laughs) is where are you christmas by faith hill from dr seuss's the grinch stole or how the grinch stole christmas um the where are you (laughs) um it goes it's in the grinch i love the grinch um my mom loves The Grinch, too. So as a kid, she was like playing the soundtrack in the car like around this time. So I grew up around that song all the time. So it just stuck with me. Absolutely love that song. Go ahead with your number four.
1: Uh, so my number four is also introduced to me through a movie. It is Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry, featured in the very iconic Home Alone scene that begins with, Peter, we overslept, <laughs> or we slept in. Ah, oh, just... <laughs> Oh man. And then yeah, there's that whole scene and then the uh only that could have happened pre-9/11 where they get out of the house 45 minutes before their flight leaves and still make it on time. <laughs> All scored with just a classic, you know, really old school rock and roll Chuck Berry sound. It just goes, man. No other way to say it
0: when you get up this high on the list. <laughs> um my my number uh 3 is it? Mm-hmm. Um is you're a mean one, <laughs> Mister Grinch. Uh, the old Grinch version by Boris Car. Like, who are these names? Like, yeah, Boris Karloff. Karloff. He's uh, Karloff. Frankenstein. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah the the class from the classic uh cartoon that we discussed last week in our top ten Christmas yep. uh, specials. Um, just an absolute classic, iconic song. Um, not as well done in the Jim Car- Carrey version. I get, I get it though. They had to make their own rendition of it. Um, so, uh, and same with the modern modern day, uh, Grinch movie that came out a couple years ago with Benedict Cumberbatch, where Tyler, the creator does the song was not a fan of that rendition. I like that. He went for it though. I agree. I agree. Um, so what's your number three there, Matt?
1: It's just a quick correction. My friend was telling me this fact all weekend over and over. But so the voice of the song is different than the one in the movie. The movie is Boris Karloff. The song is Thurl Ravenscroft, who went on to voice Tony the Tiger. So oh, wow. Just a, just a quick, uh, quick edit there before we get to my number three, which is Carol of the Bells, specifically by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, so wow. just just hard rock Christmas. It always makes me think of the. I can't remember going back to uh, that. We could have done a top 10 Christmas episodes of the office, but the one where Dwight just like kicks over uh, someone playing music and said, this is Christmas. And then like starts playing this um, and gets uh creed to join in and headbang with them. So just a very, <laughs> just a very hard rocking Christmas again, just uh kind of a spooky song. And then they just really go in on the, the rock of it. So I'm a big fan of that. So that was my number 3. What is your runner up Logan?
0: I don't know if we were supposed to exclude it from the list, but my number 2 was uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I hope um, we weren't. Uh we were supposed to exclude it? No, I hope we were not supposed to exclude oh, it. Oh no, well then Stay my tuned. number my number 2 is that song. Um you can't I don't even think I need to say anything about it. Everyone knows it. It's played on everything um so yeah mariah carey number two what's your number what's your runner-up my runner-up is my only other hymn on this so it's by
1: literally anyone and it's oh holy night just i feel like it was always performed like at my church like on the christmas eve serves by just like a soloist who was just ready to just sing their heart out for for their christmas presents just ready (laughs) to just leave it all out there just like there's the big like like, fall. I'm not going to sing any more than that, but it <laughs> just like so many parts. There's so many notes. have to like go for. And so like, I've been known to just like, like pull up Spotify and queue up like 30 different versions of this song in a row and just like have myself a day. So that is my runner up. What is your number one Christmas song, Logan?
0: I, I didn't want to put the Mariah Carey one as number one because I felt like Like, I do love that song, but I don't know if I like truly like get excited when it comes on just because it's played everywhere. But this song, I always crank it up loud when it comes on. And that's Baby It's Cold Outside by Idina Menzel and Michael Buble. Um, They, I think, murdered this rendition um, of the song came out a few years ago uh it's it's always one of those yeah i I understand the implications of baby it's cold outside i'm pretty sure that wasn't that a few years ago where people started talking about how it kind of sounds inappropriate yeah a
1: little Uh, bit but
0: but i take it at face value and say that it's a really catchy christmassy wintry tune yes it sounds a little rapey but so does all of those other hip-hop songs that everybody else knows and loves so if you're going to attack me in a Christmas song, you might as well attack the entire hip-hop industry as a whole. So, um, so yeah, baby, it's cold outside. And what it really should be, baby, it's windy outside. I really don't know if people can hear it. It is blowing <laughs> like mofo out here. Dang. Uh, what you got, Matt? What's your number one?
1: Uh, my number one is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Wow. The only thing I'll say about, a like, couple things I'll say about it. Apparently, this song was Written and like put together in like 15 minutes, so that like that ROI is just probably second to none of like any entertainment property in the world. Um, and then my only other like recommendation and thing to say about the song is like listen to the rest of this album, it's great. It's like, so it's got like this like pop hit, it's got a ton of like good like gospel. It's like this is a Christmas album with range, man. This one and I don't even know the name of it, but it's like this German blind guy. My parents have the CD and it's like basically this one and that one, uh, the Mariah Carey and the blind guy are the only two in the CD changer at Christmas time. So it's just, it's really? a liquidation around my parents' house. Uh mainly fueled by my my number one Christmas song. All I wow. want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey.
0: We love to see it. <laughs> um, awesome. well, uh that was episode 154 of the binge boys uh yeah next week i think i threw a few um movies on the uh our spreadsheet over the weekend that i noticed that netflix had put out a few movies uh, a few action movies i think one of them has jason statham in it so that's always a, a pretty fun action sitch um i might say you guys go through and and maybe look at them and you guys can choose whatever one we watch. Um, because I don't, I, I don't care. They, they all look somewhat enjoyable. Um, and then possibly, uh, I don't know, possibly maybe the, uh, a short mini series. I think I'm going to, I don't know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like these shorter episodes are nicer rather than going for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But um I guess we'll really need to step it up once Mandalorian ends because then we'll only like have two major topics possibly a week or something. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll have more time, um, if we're not watching other shit to watch more Netflix original movies. So maybe next week we'll come at you with two movies. Yeah. Um, they're not too long either. They're like an hour and a half or an hour and 40. So, um, it wouldn't be horribly difficult for people to binge. Sure. Maybe one or two of them, but we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about it as a group offline, but, next week I'm, I'm wondering what do we want to do for for our top 10 next week Matt? Do you have an idea
1: i feel like movies is like too too easy like well well like not too easy but too straightforward and definitely just too difficult to narrow down
0: oh my god uh. the door just opened by itself do you <laughs> it hear that? Open. no i don't holy shit one second this is happening live right now yeah
1: yeah i'll uh i'll just riff and try and think what's some other christmas things so we did christmas songs christmas movies is on the table we did christmas specials
0: it's now freezing in here <laughs> the, door, the literally door to the pant or to the, the uh the pandemic the pandemic just the the door to the uh balcony just shot open <laughs> um but i locked it so hopefully it doesn't uh, shoot open again uh wow it's crazy cold outside but um what were you I thinking th- matt
1: I did think of one potentially, maybe like top 10 movie Santas. So like not Christmas movies, but like depictions of Santa across like different movies.
0: I like it. Let's do it. Cool. Um, Are there 10? Do you think? oh easily like pretty much any christmas
1: movie has like some mention or something of santa maybe we could just do five we could do five just to make sure that we're making good choices and it's not like well i like this movie and the santa's here
0: for two minutes so yeah (laughs) sure yeah let's go top five movie santas next week all right well great episode sorry mitch that you couldn't be here but next week we'll talk euphoria so uh Everybody be ready for some euphoria action. And also this Thursday releases a podcast with my cousin Tanner and my roommate Turner, where we run through Dexter as a, as a series. So uh, be on the lookout.
1: The first series run through. I'm interested to listen.
0: Yes. The first series run through. If the, if it works out and it flows well, then maybe, maybe me and Matt and Mitch can tackle one or we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll just yep. see. Um, but In the meantime, everybody, uh, happy holidays, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Talk to you all later. This ad is almost 3 million gallons long because it's exactly the same amount of time it takes for that much water to flow over the deck at Niagara Falls. So, how does the deck stand up to all that water? Thompson's Water Seal. Just another reason they call us America's recognized brand in water protection. Weather protected, water sealed. Thompson's Water Seal. Trust the seal. Available at a retailer near you.